Thank you very much. What a wonderful introduction. Uh, coming together in the name of love. Good evening. How lovely to see you here. Some of you I haven't seen for three years. And I'm delighted to see you no matter what time you show up. And I'm delighted that you're online also watching. I just received a solicitation email from a nonprofit organization that I support. And the subject of the email is this. Is it okay to be grateful right now? And I completely understand the question. I completely get it. And there's no denying it. This has been a rough year for our world and for our nation. And my heart is aching for our LGBT community because of a mass shooting at a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs, just minutes away from our center there. And it comes in a year when our nation was shaken by the deaths of 19 children and two teachers at a school shooting at Robb Elementary School in Texas just two days before the summer break. And it rekindles the memory for some of us of the 2016 massacre at the Pulse Gay Nightclub in Orlando, Florida. 49 people killed. And also this year, the Buffalo, New York supermarket shooting, Tops Friendly Market supermarket by a self-declared, a self-described supporter of white supremacy. And the heartbreaking war in Ukraine and the killing of women in Iran for not wearing a hijab properly, and the crisis in Afghanistan, and the drought-related famines in the Horn of Africa, and everywhere floods and fires and heat waves generating unbearable stress for people already in stressful situations. And right here in Santa Rosa, there was the defacing of the Jewish Holocaust Survivors Memorial at the Santa Rosa Cemetery. And in South Korea, just in Halloween, that stampede resulting in over 150 deaths. Do you want to know what keeps me going at times like this? It's you. You, who are my spiritual community. It's your kindness and your service and your caring. It's you. It's your prayers and it's your showing up and it's your loyalty. It's you. It's your courage and your heart and your tender souls. It's you. This year, in the face of all the struggles that we've seen around the world and the closures from the pandemic, well, our center has prevailed and kept on going so that we can continue to be a light and a place of belonging and comfort. And that's all because of you. Thank you. You inspire me. Now, we're not out of the woods, but we're seeing signs that our commitment to not giving up is paying off. 
people are still telling us every time they come in for the first time after being away for a long time that they burst into tears, some of them spontaneously, when they feel the energy of coming back and being in spiritual community where they can be lifted up. And I'm so grateful that you are here in whatever form you are here, online or in person. Because I'll tell you something. Sometimes I wonder what it would be like for me if I didn't have a spiritual center like this. Even when I'm away, like on vacation, I, I like to tune in to the live stream. Like recently I was in vacation and I was on a subway in a different city on a, on a Sunday and I tuned into the live stream and was trying to get the signal. I didn't care that I didn't have headphones. I was that guy. <laughs> because sometimes I just need the connection, the reminder that there is a community. And when I am connected, sometimes I am so moved by gratitude that I almost want to get down on my knees in the old-fashioned style of giving thanks that we created such a place as this where our pain and our sadness and our hopes and our fears and our loves and our disappointments can be witnessed without negative judgment. I'm so grateful that you've kept the doors open. I remember when my father died, I received the word late on a Saturday night in December and I had spoken to him before, and I told him I was coming to see him in January. And he said to me, Edward, I don't think I'm going to make it. And he was right. And I regretted that I didn't drop everything and go see him, you know. So I had to patch myself together that Saturday night because I had to come to work on Sunday and there was nobody else. And so I made it to the parking lot, but the sadness was too much. And I just sat there. I couldn't bear it. I couldn't get out of the car. It was just pouring out of my eyes. And I heard a knock on my car window. And there was a member of our community who, for some unknown reason, had come to the center property way earlier than normal. And she saw me crying in the car. She didn't try to fix me. She didn't try to stop the tears. She didn't try to pry out an explanation for what was going on. She didn't try to look for the silver lining. She just opened the door gently and took my hand and said, come with me. And she led me to a quiet room in the center where I could sit. And she said, um, I'll be right here. She stood outside. Hmm. The poet Ross Gay wrote, What if joy is not only entangled with pain or suffering or sorrow, but is also what emerges from how we care for each other through those things? Oh, how we care for each other during the hard times of life how we care for each other through the pain and suffering and, and sorrow and how we extend the hand of understanding and patience 
and loving kindness, that is what builds a life of heart and worth and meaning. That. That is where the source of our lasting joy is. We receive letters of gratitude all the time from people who say that their lives have been helped or changed or expanded through the love and support of the center or somebody in the center. I just recently received a card and a donation from the legal representative of an inmate currently incarcerated who appreciates so much the help and the encouragement that she has received from our jail ministry that she contacted her legal representative to make the donation because she wants to make sure the ministry continues to be there for others who, like her, are trying to make their way back home. I received notes from people who... um, likely will never, ever enter these walls. But they receive courage and love and hope for the journey by listening to our radio program, 8.30 a.m. KSRO, Spiritual Living. Just recently at our fall pie party, I sat and I talked to a young man And he told me he started attending two months ago. And he said it was the first time in years that he felt any kind of hope at all. And has been back every single week since then. I will never forget that gesture by that member who knocked on my car window on that wintry December Sunday morning. Do you know that since then she has never asked me what was causing me to sob? She just saw me on that cold morning and she made no conclusions about my wholeness or lack thereof. She practiced the supreme art of compassion, which is called being there. Oh, it's important for us to be there for each other right now. In good times and also in bad times, because there are bad times. And humans can do bad things. I was talking with a colleague about the tragedies in our world, and he said this. I believe we do terrible things because we do not understand our unity with all life. And, he said, that is why I'm committed to our teaching, to bring that awareness of our connectedness into every conversation, into every encounter I can. Oh, I love that. I want to be just like him. I want to bring the awareness of our connectedness into every conversation because to me, it seems like the world is in a a state of prolonged extended grieving right now. 
You may have even noticed some of the symptoms in you or around you, like unusual sensitivity where the slightest thing can set you off, or very low tolerance for errors and the persistent strong desire to correct other people, Uh or getting fed up and angry at people who typically you love very, very much. The truth is, um, sometimes I get shaken up by small things, just like when I misplace my keys, you know, or if I perceive some real or made-up mistreatment or injustice toward me. You know, small things can upset me. I just can't imagine what it must be like to come home to the news to something as spectacularly tragic as your children were killed at school or in a supermarket while shopping or while dancing in a nightclub. I'm awed by the courage with which some people show up during times of tragedy and challenge and trouble. Like I'm humbled and inspired by the heroic intervention of the unarmed Richard Fierro and Thomas James, who stopped the Colorado Spring gunmen at that gay club, potentially saving dozens of lives. Like I'm humbled and inspired by the young father, you may remember him, Robbie Parker, whose video message about his slain daughter in Sandy Hook lives in my heart forever. And he offered condolences to the families of the other victims, and in the same breath, he included the families of the shooter. Like I'm humbled and inspired by the forgiveness practice of the Amish community from 2006 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, years ago, who were praying for forgiveness for the shooter before their slain children were even buried. And I'm humbled and inspired by the courage of regular folk like you, just trying to make it through another day, who still have time to knock on a window, a car window, who still have time to serve in a jail ministry, who still have time to be kind to a stranger and to help the world work just a little more smoothly for others. We need each other's compassion. We grow through each other's generosity. We heal from each other's patience and understanding. And we are inspired every time one of us loves when it is extraordinarily difficult to do so. We are lifted up when one of us finds something to be grateful for during a time when it seems overwhelmingly difficult to do so. One of the many things I love about the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, 
is that it emphasizes that there really isn't one-size-fits-all way in spirituality. The central character of the Gita, Prince Arjuna, just like us, is trying to make sense of an incomprehensible world at war with an impossible to avoid impending disaster, a tragedy of epic proportions. And he's having a conversation with God in which he wants to know what is the best way to understand this? What am I supposed to do? He asks. And in the conversation, God, who in this story is in the form of Krishna, says, well, it is in the still mind that we find our peace and our answers. And then he instructs the prince to try and to keep on trying until he gets to a peaceful mind. But God doesn't leave it at that because he knows that's very difficult to do. And he acknowledges that there are as many ways to arrive home at peace during troubling times as there are people on the planet. And that each one of us has our path and our right way. Oh, it's a reminder to me to have patience with myself and with each other. So important to keep in mind right now to make space for people to heal in their own way and to have patience. Some of us will need time alone in nature. Some of us will need to be with friends. Some of us will find peace in prayerful silence. And some of us find it in soft music in a tidy room. And other of us, of us find it in dancing loud to loud music in a crowd. And some people find it in the company of others who are urged to social action. And some people will not find it until they themselves do something constructive. And some people will find it by first taking a detour and traveling through a period of avoidance and numbness before they find their way home. And some will find it by talking their feelings and opinions out, and yet others will find it through contributions of prayer or service or donations, and yet others, many, maybe like you and me, We'll find it when we come to our spiritual community here and breathe, relax into a place where we can be reminded gently that there is most likely someone in each of our lives right now who could benefit from our acceptance our appreciation, our admiration. I'm going to take a guess and say that there is probably someone in your life right now who needs you to say, I love you for who you are. And I'm so grateful that you are in my life. I'm going to take a guess and say that there is probably somebody in your life right now who needs you to say, thank you for showing up. 
Thank you for, I don't know, your humor. Thank you for smiling at me across the Thanksgiving table. I was feeling uncomfortable, and you changed my world. I'm guessing that there is somebody in your life right now who needs you to say, you know, you are awesome, and I don't even know why. (laughs) One of the most beautiful gifts I ever received in my life cost nothing at all, barely anything. It's a page of writing, and I kept it on a, in a frame in my bathroom on the wall until it got ruined by water damage. <laughs> and it's titled, Who You Are. And it's just a whole page of writing from a friend telling me how I touched her life and what it is about me that makes me so special to her. I told a friend about it, and he said, oh, that is so gushy. Yet to me, it's everything. I kept it for 10 years. Now, there's a Thanksgiving project. Why not create a list of compliments intended for one of those people in your lives and make it up all pretty? If you don't care to do that, just call them up and spring it on them. Just tell them. Mention their accomplishments. Let them know that they are an important part of your chosen family, family of origin, neighborhood, workplace, your life. And for tonight, according to the tradition you heard Reverend Russ speak about, We are invited to use our beautiful imaginations to think about what we would like to be grateful for this time next year. And the way you do it is you just take a moment, just like right now, and imagine yourself sitting here or wherever you are in Thanksgiving 2023, and you're giving thanks. What is it for? Maybe one of the names of those people will make it onto your form. You can write anything you like down on those forms and place it in the envelopes. They're available outside. And also online, you can participate from home. Write your address on it. Put a stamp on it if you brought one. And drop it off in the baskets. And we will keep it for you and mail it back to you. We are doing something for the first time in three years tonight. We're bringing back the offering, just because it's lovely. And so I'm going to ask the ushers to please stand in their place. But before you pass the baskets, I want to say something to you. Tonight, my heart is filled with gratitude for you. I want you to hear this, that you are literally the only reason why we are able to do this thing called the Center for Spiritual Living Santa Rosa. 
whether you are with us online or here in person, your time, your attention, your loyalty, your support, that's the backbone of our community. And that's what creates the beacon of light that shines as hope for countless people, some of whom you may never meet, who are trying to find their way back home to their own hearts. And I thank you for that.